You're now tuning into the Barely Hibernating Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network, featuring Bear Report's own Usaid Kosho and fan-sided Sam Stevenson and AJ Desai. Here are your hosts. Okay, so the Bears have won, like, what, three straight? Cordero Patterson didn't play a single snap. You got people beefing on Bears Twitter about Mitch Trubisky all of a sudden being better than David Montgomery. I think really what this Trubisky-Mahomes comparison four years later once again is, it's just, like, something, you know, that people need to talk about in the last, like, what, two and a half days of 2020. But, yeah, guys, welcome into the Barely Hibernating Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Hustle Podcast Network. This is, I'm pretty sure, episode five or six. I don't even know because I... I just show up and record the pod each week. That's pretty much what we do. All right. I'm your host, Usaid Kosho. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Usaid Kosho. Joined by my left and right hand guys who are just excited to be my hand guys, per se. Pause. And Sam Stevenson and AJ Desai. You can follow them on Twitter at SJSteve9 and at AJ Desai4. What's going on, guys? And Sam, did I get the Twitter handle right? I think you did. But uh, who's right and who's left? We talked about this last week. Yeah, I was supposed to think about it, but I never like actually got around to doing it. Dude, when we coined the name Barely Hibernating, it's because we would probably never sleep and our Bears analysis never sleeps. And I barely ever sleep, by the way. No pun intended there because I'm running on six hours. I got six hours of sleep between Monday and Tuesday night or Sunday and Monday night. Yeah, well, the Bears are going to cost me a lot of sleep this week because I am nervous for Sunday, but I was very happy with the results of last week, so can't complain. Yeah, I mean, beat the Jaguars, so really good game. I'm just uh, really, really nervous this week's 17 matchup, man. Yeah, dude, so kind of getting into the Jags game here, right, and I'll go first here. I think, like, just looking at my initial impressions of this game, like, okay, everyone's like, oh, it was against a bag bad Jaguars team it was a bit of the same old same old Bears right because you had the defense that kind of got punched in the mouth that first drive and then I think they went on a streak where it was like five of six possessions or something they did not allow like a touchdown or a field goal since you didn't allow the Jags to score all right Roquan Smith by the way and I tweeted this use this game to prove that I should not have been a Pro Bowl snub all right Mitch Trubisky made Mitch played well again dude for the third straight week right but like he had the stupid interception in a triple coverage and Sam you talked about it last week like this is why he got benched but overall like it was a good all-around performance I really think that this was the game that the defense needed to kind of get back underneath its feet for the defense to be able to say hey listen like we get we've gotten punched in the mouth the last couple weeks we allowed 34 against Detroit we allowed I think it was nearly 30 points against the Vikings but like we have our mojo and swagger back and really good way to get it back is against a Jags team that's was already looking forward to 2021 before 2020 even started. And then it's even more important that they put together the performance that they did against well with the Packers, like coming up here in a couple days. Well, uh, just a reminder, uh, the Packers beat this team 24 to 20 and almost lost a couple weeks ago when they played Anytime your team puts up 41 points, that's a good thing. What I was really happy about was the halftime adjustments because going into the first half, going into the end of the first half, I was a little nervous. This was a Jaguars team that, that was playing well, not, you know, they weren't obviously like a, a top team in this league, but they were playing well against us. And, and, you know, obviously that Chark touchdown at one point, that was a really nice ball to DJ Chark. And he's a good receiver. And I think he's a receiver that's often overlooked because of how poor this franchise has been in terms of play. But you come out and score 21 points in the third quarter, that's a halftime adjustment that was really impressive to see. I mean, we looked like an entirely different team in the second half. And again, like this offense is cooking, and that's a good thing to get your offense moving when you're going to go play a juggernaut team like the Packers who have a very, very good offense. Devontae Adams looks like the best receiver in the league. Like having an offense that can maybe go up to against that offense makes me feel better as a Bears fan. But look, this was a game I knew we were going to win, and I said last week if we lost, I'm out. But I'm back in. We won. So no worries there. I'm still here, Bears fans. But, yeah, it was a fun game to watch, um, both offensively and defensively. And, I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit. But Roquan's a beast. Um, I don't know where it would be without him. Yeah, I mean, you know, Roquan, like Sam mentioned, two picks. I mean, uh, Mitch threw that pick in the end zone, and then we turned it over. Um, well, not. They turned it over um, after two plays. I mean, it was Mike Lennon that threw the two picks. But, yeah, man. Like Sam said, if we if we lost this Jags game, I would have I would have jumped off my jumped out my window, man. Like I was nervous after that that first half, ten ten going into the half, but then we outscored them 
I think, 31 to 7. So, in the second half. So, I mean, that was really cool to see. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and I noted this in one of my observations or in my one of my articles on Bear Report, one of the post-game articles. I was like, I think the Jags averaged like five yards per play or something or a little over that. But when you really you look at it and you go back and you look at the play-by-play, which is available on ESPN and NFL.com, by the way, you realize that that number is a bit inflated because two of those plays, right? I think one was like a 20-yard touchdown to... DJ Chark, the one that Sam just referenced. And then the second one was the, I think it was like the 30 yard touchdown to LaVisca Chanel. But in the earlier part of the game, I was a bit nervous because I'm like, yo, I can't believe Giraffe Glennon is like carving us up. I mean, the guy that Bears fans ran out of town just four years ago is like carving us up. Well, really, Mitch Trubisky ran him out of town, but Glennon was just freaking horrible. And so I look at this game and I'm like, okay, good. So you get the win, you get a step going into the right direction. And now you realize everyone's focused on Green Bay, right? I think that when we look at, you know, we'll get into the Green Bay matchup later, but kind of when we do look at this team, right? I realize like, all right, this Jags game kind of proved we have a lot of young talent that's on the roster, right? Like why the hell wasn't Artavius Pierce used earlier in the year? Like Pierce dude should have been used from like week three or four onwards, but he only played, I think like 7% of snaps in this game. Yeah, and one thing I will say, um, and it kind of has to do with both the Jaguars and the Bears. Bears fans, in particular, who you know wanted us to go five and eleven when we were five and seven, and you know, part of me was in that boat for a while until we beat the Texans. The NFL players don't go out to play to tank; they don't play to lose. And the same thing goes for this Jaguars team, right? You're one in thirteen. You're pretty much locked in to get Trevor Lawrence, but. Those guys on the field, that 53-man roster, they don't care. They're playing for their jobs. I mean, I don't know how you pronounce the Jaguars' backup running back's name, but that kid was playing to be a part of that future Jaguars team in 2021. Mike Glennon is playing to stay in the NFL, even if it's as a backup. I mean, as a backup, you know, he's he's played some decent games as, as a Jaguars quarterback. I mean, you look at the um, Vikings game, for example, the Jaguars are in that game the whole time. Guys in the franchises can play to lose. Like you can have a coaching staff that coaches to lose. You can have a front office that wants you to lose games. Players don't play to lose. And the same thing goes for the bears. When we were five and seven, it sucked. And I admit, like I tweeted, like it's over. And I was able to happily tweet on Sunday that it wasn't over, that we're still in this. Like you play to win football games. You don't play to tank. And if you do get end up losing a lot of games, getting a good draft pick. Great. But the Bears were never in a true position to do that. And I'm happy to say that we're back in the playoff hunt. That's fun. That's fun to say you want your team to make the playoffs, no matter how bad your team actually is, or if you get stomped in the first round. But you never play to lose games. Players don't do that. This is a business. They are playing for the future of their jobs. And from a Bears perspective, you're still playing meaningful football in December, and that means a lot. So I think a lot of people knew we were going to win this game. But in my mind, I knew the Jags were going to be a little frisky. But, man, putting up 41, that was fun to watch. Yeah, man, only two teams in the league. I think it was Baltimore and us that put um, 40-plus points up on the Jaguars. I mean, you brought up that Packers game. But, like like you mentioned, I love that point that you brought up, Sam, that, like, what, like imagine if you're an NFL player, you wake up in the morning, and you're like, oh, my God, I played for – like, J.J. Watt put it perfectly yesterday yes. after the game. He's like, look, man. We're it's a privilege to go out there and play the football game. Like we're being paid millions of dollars to go out there and play a game, right? Like even though we suck, like he said, we're trash, four and eleven, but still fans go out there and buy the jerseys. They buy the invest in season tickets, they buy the tickets to go come out and play, even in the damn pandemic. So it's like, you know, I mean, these players they wake up and it's just like, you know, I'm just gonna go ball out, you know. And that's what Livy Chanel did. He got a touchdown, and he's probably being talked about in that small city of Jacksonville because it's like, hey, that's a piece in the future. Um, Livy Chanel, the guy that you mentioned, the running back, and uh, Mike Glennon, he could be playing for a backup contract. I mean, if 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 his back, if if a team's back is is against the wall, then who knows? A team might actually give Mike Glennon money to start. You know, Patriots could be that that example because you, you look at the Patriots; they can't even put up fifteen points with. Him or Jared Stidham. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, QB destinations coming up for this 2021 offseason. I'm excited. But going back to your point, Sam, these are players. They're not going to play the tank. And 
we saw that Jets and Raiders game where at the last point of the game, the cornerback just like slowed down, but that's just like, you know, you're trying to protect your draft position. But as a player perspective, things they're not going to come out and just like, you know, play like shit to take. So the Jets look like the hottest team in the NFL right now, right now. Yeah. Two game winning streak. Well, hyper drive. And, and, and this is one of the things, right? And I said this when, you know, we were in the middle of that six-game losing streak. And a lot of Bears fans, like, obviously they disagreed with me. I was like, look, you have on this roster guys like Khalil Mack, Roquan Smith. I get Eddie Jackson's has kind of regressed this year. But, yo, Eddie Jackson's another one. Allen Robinson, even. Like, Jimmy Graham. I mean, these guys are not going to let the Bears tank. They're not just going to throw the season away. Because the and ownership for as for all the crap I've given ownership over the last few weeks on this podcast, I mean even George McCaskey, I will admit this, and Virginia, right? They would never allow a Bears team to legitimately tank because if you're a Bears fan, right, and you're the Bears, like you represent the city of Chicago. Like Chicago's always been a Bears first, Cubs town market at least post jordan day it's always been a bears first town all right post you know jordan bulls the cubs have been kind of the second most popular team in town alongside the blackhawks but the point is is that the bears are too good you know they're they're always going to be too good to justify tanking for anything significant it's like even if you were going to throw this season away in 2020 like what would you have done in 2021 because the reality of the situation would have always been the fact that if ryan pace is back next year and matt Nagy's not back next year even though we had the espn report of jeremy fowler saying Nagy's probably back you look at you realize like nothing's going to change until the guys in the deci- the guys sitting in the um decision making chairs nothing's going to change until those guys change all right and so the bears were always too good to tank anyway and quite frankly like yeah they lost to the lions which was a stupid last second you know, play call anyway by Bill Lazor. And I'm pretty sure Nagy's an idiot because he okayed that one play, which is why we're sitting here at seven losses anyway. But the point is, is like Chicago was always too good to tank. It was never going to happen. And Khalil Mack, certainly for a guy of his caliber and his reputation around the league and him playing for one of the most historic franchises after having played for another historic franchise in the Raiders in a city where, you know, defensive stars will always get a platform. He was never going to allow it to happen. And, and to kind of, to speaking of Nagy and, and Pace, you throw in the third guy into that triangle, Mitch. Mitch has been playing good football. Bad defense is sure. Like, you have, to, you have to understand that side of things. But Mitch has been playing good football. But, as you said, mentioned earlier, I talked about this last week, like, Mitch is still making the same mistakes as Mitch. Like, that pick in the end zone is inexcusable. There was opportunities for him to throw that ball away, run out of bounds, do anything but take a sack or throw an interception. But on the positive side of things, Mitch is playing good football, but Mitch isn't playing to tank. He's not playing to be a backup in this league. Mitch Trubisky is trying to prove that he can still play in this league as a starter. So I am not totally against bringing Mitch back. What I'm against is bringing Mitch back for way too much money because if I'm Mitch Trubisky and I'm his agent and I'm an AJ, I think talked about this a little bit, like you're playing for a big contract. You're going to look at a team like the Denver Broncos, the San Francisco 49ers, maybe even new England. You're going to say, Hey, these are teams that I can go get paid 30 to $40 million potentially in two or three years and beat the guy out who's starting and be a starter for a franchise that might build something around me. Obviously Denver, you got the Van Geo connection, I like what Shanahan's done with those quarterbacks. Imagine what he could do with Mitch. And obviously, New England, I think, is always a dark horse for Mitch because I think Belichick and um, Josh McDaniels would build that offense around Mitch and around his strengths. So, like, for Mitch, I see him trying to play for a contract like that, and I don't want the Bears to give him that money. But, again, you're not playing to tank as a quarterback. You're playing to prove that you can play quarterback in the NFL. So I'm happy with what Mitch has done. But I'm nervous what's going to happen in the offseason because I don't want to pay Mitch $40 million to then come out in 2021 and make the same mistakes that he's been making for four years. See, I think, see, I think what's going to happen is that, like, like all right, you said, I, I think you said has been really, really um, correct on this since, like, week nine or ten. He was talking about um, if the Bears actually make a change, right? And this actually ties in Trubisky's future in it too, because if the Bears 
fire Pace. Like this is just a hypothetical that we were talking about. I think back in week ten, if the Bears fire Ryan Pace, they keep Nagy. What they're going to do, like they always done, is force a GM on the new head coach, right? And in my mind, what what would happen is that Mitch would be re-signed, right? Nagy is entering his last year of his contract of, as a head coach. You have a new GM. Chances are that if Mitch doesn't do well, Mitch is gone, right, after 2021, and the new GM gets his new quarterback, right? But where I'm going with that, it's like, if I'm Mitch, why would I, be, why would I want to be in that situation? You know, like a head coach who semi-believes in me, and then the team who fired the person who drafted me, right? And they went out and got a new GM. He's most likely not going to believe in Mitch. So he has to actually, like, like I don't even know, like, if the new GM would actually re-sign him back in March. Because if Ryan Pace gets fired, he's fired in January. And then Mitch's situation is up in the air. But, like, now since we won three out of the last four, it's like Ryan Pace and Nagy's jobs are saved for an extra year. Oh my god, this is this is getting harder and harder as I as I talk about it. But well, here's l- l- let me make this point right because Sam brought while you collect your thoughts because Sam brought this point up in terms of like committing too much money to Mitch Trubisky. Here's the issue, right? We know the Bears are going to be tied. You know, they're going to have their backs against the wall when it comes to the salary cap next year. And we've talked about do you move on from Akeem Hicks or Kyle Fuller, right? What's going to happen with Allen Robinson? Now, last night, I was sitting in Albert Breer, the National Sports Illustrated NFL Insider. I was sitting in his Periscope halftime chat that he does every Monday night, right? Or the video thing. And he talked about how, oh, yeah, you know, like a couple of people asked, like, okay, what's the future of Allen Robinson in Chicago looking like? And I tweeted this. Breer said that there's a chance A-Rob returns to Chicago next year. Now, that gets me thinking is that. If Robinson is back, who's the guy to re-sign him? Is it the GM Pace or is it the G or is it a new GM, right? Who re-signs Robinson? Or does Nagy really vouch for A-Rob if there's a new GM and say, yo, let's bring him back? But the point is, right, is the fact that um the point is is the fact that I don't want the Bears to commit so much money to Mitch that they are essentially going ahead and um, you know, doing it at the expense of a guy like Allen Robinson. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, as you said, was saying, man, like, that's what I was actually going to like, I, like, I don't think the new GM is going to commit all that money to um, uh, Mitch Trubisky because like, he's got a, I don't know, man, like, when, when you talk about this new GM, if he's hired, like, I really think that he's just going to wipe Mitch with this with toilet paper with like, I don't know, man, but it's it's over. Like, I don't, I don't even know. It, it, like, this is where the truthers are wrong. Like if you have a, a change of direction, like why would that new GM be tied in with that quarterback? It makes zero sense. Like it makes, it makes virtually no sense. Like you're, you're asked, you're literally writing your script to get fired in three years. That's what I think. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely like, that's why it's going to be such an interesting situation to monitor. Cause also like AJ just mentioned Ryan Pace potentially being fired. And I realize I'm like, yo, holy crap. Like, I cannot believe that next week at this time when we're recording this, like Ryan Pace might not even be the GM of the Bears anymore. It seems so far away because it is Bears Packers week, right? And everyone's agonizing until Sunday, right? But um, yeah, I have no idea what's going to like. I can't believe next week at this time, Pace might actually be fired. All right, anyways, guys, so we're going to get into our new weekly segment, which is studs and duds. And I'll start with Sam here, because like I mentioned last week, as I dropped my AirPods case, Sam is technically a stud. AJ is a stud, too. Uh, But yeah, Sam, who are some of your studs from this game? And I know you guys are going to steal mine, but that's okay. Yeah, um, so studs and duds. um, I mean, there's a couple obvious studs from this game, but um, I'll go with David Montgomery again. Just surpassed 1,000 rushing yards. I believe he's fifth overall in rushing yards. I mean, the offense looks so much better when he's in, and, and we mentioned at the beginning of the show, but zero offensive snaps for Cordell Patterson because of how well David Montgomery played. And, you know, opening up this run game has just been so exciting to watch, more outside zone runs, and, and he's just got such great vision. And, and obviously, again, we're playing weaker defenses, but especially in a matchup against the Packers, who you know you can run the ball against. And speaking of which, I don't know why the Titans abandoned the run and when they got curb stomped by the Packers this past weekend, but... 
you know, Montgomery's just been a lot of fun to watch, and I think he's going to be one of those Bears running backs that goes down in history as a top one. My dud is Anthony Miller. Miller has been completely phased out of this offense, and it's kind of sad at this point to watch. Like, Mooney's just been a better option than Miller, and I truly think he's going to be playing for his contract next year because I could see them moving on from Miller next year or in 2022. And you look at some of the plays, like Mitch's rushing touchdown, for example, that play was designed for Anthony Miller, but Mitch chose to run it in. He felt more comfortable doing that. And obviously I know pressure came in, but man, it's just so disappointing with what Miller's been this year. So that's my dud. Anyways, though, we're going to go ahead and introduce our guest, Raul. What's going on, man? What's happening? What's going on? Long day was good. <laughs> Not much. We're just talking about studs and duds. You can follow Raul on Twitter at black underscore 42. He's going to make the randomest of stuff pop up on your TL. Uh, AJ, I know you got a special introduction for him. <laughs> Man, please welcome the guy who piped your mother. Follow Thank him you. on Twitter it. at black underscore 42 Raul Bennington. How's it going, man? What's going on, man? Chilling, chilling, cooling. Just another day in paradise. What's up? Oh, yeah, man. That's good. Yo, we got to get your thoughts on this, right? But who is your status slash dud from, like, Sunday's win? Uh, dud would be um, uh, your man's Rock Robert Quinn. That boy was trash. <laughs> he was dookie juice on the field. He's the reason why they get out on the outside. Uh, he doesn't know how to keep contained. And he just goes in with his shoulder on run fits. Like, he doesn't want any part of the run. Uh, stud? Ugh! It's between Roquan and Demo. I, I don't know who to really choose, but it's either Demo, one of them. But I'd say Demo, because he just, especially in the second half, he just imposes will. Yeah, I would agree, and I'll let AJ go in a moment here, but I would definitely agree. Like, my offensive stud would be Demo, because the offense is looking better because of him. Okay, uh, defensive side would obviously be Roquan, who had, what, two interceptions and I think like eight tackles and then two pass breakups and then I think one fumble recovery, which he actually recovered his own fumble, right? But like Dud for me, dude, Dud's hard to kind of pick because yeah. like I probably would go with Anthony Miller, like Sam said. Uh, probably pick one of the new cornerbacks too, dude, like Vildor or Duke Shelley. But yeah, dude, it, this was one of those games where it was like, all right, the Bears kind of beat like a team, much weaker team, and that's good. Uh, AJ, who are your studs and duds? For my stud, I'm going to take, since David Montgomery was listed, give me Artavius Pierce. I really like his burst. I mean, like, as soon as he hit that hole, he was just gone, like, and paused. But, I mean, de- definitely. But uh, my dud, well, I have another stud um, on the defensive side, and that's going to be Danny Trevathan. Um, one sack, a tackle for loss. I mean, that was a sack um, and two pass defended. Um, you're not going to get out of Danny Trevathan's contract for next year. It's really deep. Um, another pause. Um, and... <laughs> Like I think I I think that like he could try to find his mojo back for 2021. But um, am I dud for the entire for this season? I mean, for this season is Anthony Miller. I mean, I really think that Anthony Miller could not turn it around for his uh, contract year if he wants to get paid. But uh, that's what I got. So so let me ask you this, Robert. Right? Do you think the anti- the lack of production and whatnot? Do you think that's just like shitty quarterback play on the Bears' part and their inability to get him the ball because he was a high volume guy at Memphis, or do you think it's because like you know shitty quarterback? Well, what do you think the issue with Miller is, or do you think it's just his head? His head is not in the game. I think it's. Uh, I think I think it's, it's a couple couple of things. I think it's a is a. Uh, it's a coaching staff that doesn't know how to coach young players or develop young players. So if that young player doesn't fit a certain mold, they go they go away 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 from him. We saw that with Demo as well. Um, I think also the QBs are really really trash, um, and I think the scheme they're not really scheming him to get him the ball. But overall, I mean, some of it is Anthony Miller, but players, young players, have these issues. But I don't think the coaching uh, staff is sitting there being patient or feeding him. Because when you feed Anthony Miller, he produces. Yes, he drops passes. I get so tired of Chicago Bear fans uh, pointing out, you know, the minimum. Receivers drop passes. It happens. You feel me? It happens. All this dumb stuff about uh, uh, if it hits you in the hands, then you have to catch it. It's stupid. You clearly never played ball before. But feed Anthony Miller, he's going to produce. 
He's probably gonna go somewhere else and light it up, but that's just dance ball. Nah, yeah, I mean, like, well, I follow you on Twitter, and there's a lot of stuff. I mean, I saw one of your uh, screenshots, man, where he's just wide open in the middle of the field, and he threw it into triple coverage. I think uh, Schober yep. picked it off in the end zone. So, I mean, like, I had Anthony Miller anytime touchdown with uh, J.K. Dobbins and um, uh, some other guy. It was like a payout of over a hundred dollars, and this he just missed him pretty pretty easily. But I I don't know. I mean, like. It it just seems like they're going to bring him back. It's just Bears football. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, like the problem is, is like, I I like Miller. I I do truly think that he's not being utilized well. The Bears don't have a lot of receiver depth outside of Mooney and Robinson after Miller. Like Javon Wims is probably gone. Riley Ridley has done nothing this year, and like I don't even know who else the Bears would have at wide receiver. So like, Miller's got to be your third guy because he can play well if you've used him properly. And, like, that's what's so frustrating is, like, his rookie year, like, he was solid, and he's inconsistent in 2019. It feels like he's been completely phased out. And I do – I mean, obviously, I'm a big Mooney guy, big Mooney supporter, but, you know, the Bears don't have a lot of receivers outside of Miller, so you've got to find a way to get him involved the end of this year and in 2021. 2019, he had that stretch of eight games, six to eight games, where he was on pace for a whole season – to have, like, 1,300 yards and, like, 10 touchdowns and, like, 90 catches, right? That was when we were featuring him. We were, we were you know, you know, getting him the rock. He killed Green Bay. You feel me? Like, slot receivers need value. So you, you just can't it, – slot, slot receivers are more rhythmic than your X or your, uh, or, or your Y. You feel me? They're more of the rhythm guy. You feed him early, you get him the short things, you know, and then they can hit you with the double moves and things of that nature. We're not getting him on the field and we're not getting him the ball early. So, you know, the whole offense is is in sync. And it's just dumb to play 12 personnel. We want to keep playing 12 personnel and trot uh, Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham bum ass out there for for no reason when we have Anthony Miller who who is going to be uh, a more a more utilized weapon. You feel me? You you put you put eleven personnel with Mooney, Robinson, and uh, and Miller out there. Defenses now have to kind of guess. Your twelve personnel is just trash. But once again, it's coaching. So like I, I talked about this, and uh, like Ryan Pace drafted this guy. He drafted Anthony Miller, so it's, it can't be his fault, right? It's, it's got to be the coaching who's like uh, who who can't coach him right who can't develop these players i mean like if you look at anthony miller's career at memphis he was playing with i think paxton lynch was throwing the ball mm-hmm. to him um and he was a walk-on at, at memphis i mean the things that he'd done at memphis to get into the second round of the nfl draft that's all on anthony miller i think i think the coaching staff has, has just got to use him right i mean you mentioned raul that like he could be that number three wide receiver in this offense and we saw it in 2018 with Nagy's new scheme but Nagy just failed to make the adjustments and on top of that you add anthony miller's shoulder injury but then when he took that sling off in the oakland game last year he, yep. he balled out so i mean I don't, yep. I don't really think anthony miller is a problem i really think it's the coaching staff not giving them the opportunity to like perform like i really think that like you know you got to give him an opportunity in that contract year with darno mooney and alan robinson with a better play caller with a better personnel scheme to actually you know start the start uh start the offense out with uh involving those three guys especially anthony miller in the slot and I, i'll take it a step further i know that we like mooney but um if we're if we're, if we're being honest the second um the second target shareholder should be Anthony Miller over Mooney. Miller is easier to target because he's a slot receiver, which is going to be more volume. And Miller is a way more efficient wide receiver than Mooney. And I love Mooney coming out. Mooney is just not efficient wide out right now because he's young. You know, he gets a lot of targets. He doesn't get a lot of catches. Anthony Miller is, is kind of the opposite. So I would make right now, I would expect Anthony Miller to be the number two, Mooney to be the number three. But that's not the way it's going. It's going down. So, do you like, bro? I gotta ask you: Do you think Pace or Nagy should be back next season, or do you? Hell no. Yeah. You, why? Why? Why do you think these guys need to be gone? Besides the fact that, like, one moron can't hit on a quarterback, the other dude just has all this talent, but doesn't know how to utilize it. Like, they're bad at their jobs, is what it is. But like, and who are you replacing them with? So, so um, this is what I'll say. I'm, I am more apt to let Nagy stay around 
than I am Pace. With Ryan Pace, the blunders that he's had over six years are inexcusable. At least you could say with uh, Nagy, he's had three years. You feel me? Three years, one playoff appearance, one eight and eight season, another possible probable eight and eight season. So you kind of it's kind of hard to fire him. Ryan Pace's history of the draft, history of not being able to get a quarterback, history of free agency and overpaying and not understanding uh, value is absolutely like unacceptable. Ryan Pace is one of the worst GMs in the game. And it's not even, and it's like Bear fans are so used to having less that they praise him. But he's trash. He's absolutely trash. But I, I've, I've already stated it. If I was going to replace him, um, I would actually like, uh, what's my man's name from Houston? Smith as the president of operations. And I would love uh, my man Allen out of uh, from from the Dolphins as the new GM. Yeah, I could see them go. I could seriously see the Bears going with Marvin Allen. Just because I think I read an article from like one of the big newspapers in Miami saying that like Marvin Allen was responsible for the Chiefs drafting guys like Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Yep. And I realized like, okay, you know that would be a perfect pairing for Nagy because Nagy was there in the time or at yep. the time when they drafted those guys. So like it would be yep. a perfect fit, but. I Obviously, because it's Bears ownership, they're going to go out and hire like Joe Schmo or someone. Exactly. Bobo Rock and Talking because they're, <laughs> they're a bunch of idiots. But it, that's that's what, what it is. I mean, Marvin Allen literally understands what we're trying to do. It'll be a seamless fit. Um, he's well he's well regarded in the NFL circles as one of the best talent evaluators. Like, like you said, he also found, um, uh, what's my man's name? The D-tackle they got. Dang it, I forgot I got his name. Chris Jones. He also was the Chris, – Chris Jones. He's also the one that was uh, behind the Kareem Hunt push. He he interviewed Kareem Hunt's whole entire – he's like – he's just well-known. He's like – he's that guy. You feel me? He also drafted uh, Josh Allen. That was his move, you know? So, like, it's it's a lot of – it's a lot of different, you know, uh, uh, reasons why Marvin, Marvin Austin – I mean, yeah, Allen should be – our GM, but it's not going to happen. No matter what happens right now, Pace and uh, and Nagy are coming back. I agree because, like, you're not you're not going to make a move like that drastic. I mean, I was talking about. I just collected my thoughts that, like, if let's just say if um, if you hire a new GM and you force it upon Nagy, like, there's no guarantee that like that new GM is going to resign Mitch. So I mean, it's. Like, I don't know. Like, if if, if you're just going to restart, Raul, you're just going to have to uh, hire a new head coach, hire a new GM, and hire a new presidential president of football operations. Because, like, if the, if the Bears keep on going in this direction in which, like, okay, Ted Phillips is your CEO and you get a GM under him and then you have George McCaskey and then you have a head coach, you're not going to do anything. You, 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 you have to have the owners to, like, step out of football operations because it's it's just not going to work with what they have right now, and and in bears in the history of bears, man, they've been forcing hires on everyone and all that, and just scapegoating people and all that. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this this bears team, they got to make some make some really good moves if they want to win a Super Bowl. Some smart moves too. They need like the thing with the Bears is they need a hell of a lot. Of, they need way more than a couple good moves, you know. But speaking yeah, of the Super, yeah, speaking of the Super Bowl, right? The Bears Super Bowl is technically this weekend against Green Bay. And Sam, I'll start with you on this one, right? But uh, yo, what are you watching for in this game? And then what do you think the significance of this game is for the Bears franchise? Um, I'm watching for the hope that we don't get forty pieced again. That would be a good start. Um, I mean. This Packers team is good. Uh, I said it earlier, Devontae Adams looks like one of the best receivers in the league. Aaron Jones is a good running back. And when you got Rodgers on that team, it doesn't matter if he's throwing to high school wide receivers. Um, I mean, he's going to make plays. I I am legitimately nervous, not for the offensive side of things, but for the defensive side of things. I don't trust Chuck Pagano with baby puppies, let alone this defense. Um, So... I am looking to see if Pagano is going to make adjustments that he that they saw in the Packers game earlier this year. Um, I mean, I think this is a Packers team we can play with, but everything's got to be there in terms of the game. I mean, we got to have this offense that's able to put up 30 points and the defense has got to come out like that against Jacksonville. I mean, 
this is a good Packers team. This is a Packer team that's probably going to go far in the playoffs this year. Um, and again, I mean, the mentality has to be we win or go home. We can't rely on the Cardinals-Rams game. So I'm legitimately nervous for this game, but I know that the Bears have made improvements since that last Packers game. Um, and, you know, I'm more concerned for the defensive side of things than the offense, uh, but maybe that's just because we look like an offensive juggernaut all of a sudden. But, yeah, I am, uh, I'm a little bit nervous in terms of the defensive calling and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, sorry. Um, oh, go ahead, AJ. Go ahead, no, oh, I'm munching okay. on Reese's right now, so. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, this game this game's going to be tough. I mean, I, I, I got little hope. I mean, of course, I'm going to keep hope until Sunday or after, uh, just, just up until like 7 p.m. Uh, until the game's over. I mean, uh, yeah, man, this, this team's just got – they just have to come out perfect. If they don't, they just stall in the first drive. Dude, Aaron Rodgers is not going to – is not going to like, um, not, he's just not going to like, like just, um, just leave you, just give you presents. I mean, that, that took me a really long time to, to, to have that out. But like, anyways, like you stall Aaron Rodgers goes out and gets seven. You stall again. He's going to go out and get seven again. It's going to be 14 to nothing. You stall again. It's going to be 21 to nothing. That's what happened at Lambeau. We kept on stalling. And they came, they came out, and they scored 28 points. Forget about that face mask. I don't even think that was a face mask, all right? Um, you just have to come out playing like you want to actually go to the playoffs. And, and we're going to see that in the first couple of drives. If, if this offense just stalls, man, just, just lose. Honestly, just lose. Because I, don't, like, I think we can beat the Saints. I think if we go, go, to, uh, go to New Orleans, I think we can beat the Saints because we were really close up this, uh, in, in the regular season meeting. But you just have to be able to come out of the gate stronger than ever with, a, with an adrenaline rush that, like, hey, if we can, uh, we can beat this team. And in the last 20 minutes, I got a screenshot pulled up. We only beat them four times. So my, my hope is is uh is deming so i mean i'm not gonna say anything until this game is gonna is gonna be played i mean i i just don't know i'm nervous yeah bro what do you think so uh y'all y'all ever watch friday, friday night lights yeah the movie remember when the uh when when buddy pulled up on the coach in the cor- corvette and it was like you know uh they got a pretty good team and Buddy was like, "Well, we got I got a pretty good team too, so beat them." That's exactly how I feel. I'm I'm done. I'm I don't I ain't got time for all that. Oh, the Packers are good. This, that, and the other man. It's been how many years have the Packers been driving a dagger through Chicago Bear fans' heart? They're the last game before the Super Bowl or the game before you know uh, uh, we get into the playoffs and we get we get washed. Nah, it, it's it's yo. We we got a we got a team that is highly paid. It's put up or shut up. Ain't no ain't no room for no. Oh, this Packers team is good as well. They bleed the same blood as you do, bro. Like just go out there and play. But what I'm seeing is for a Bears team to come out there and show that they are serious. They are they are a contender. I'm looking for a coaching staff that's not gonna piss down their goddamn leg. Like there's no there's no excuse for you to lose to the Packers this week. There's none. There is no Cardinals game. There is no Rams. It's just the Bears versus the Packers. There's no fans. It's just it's just 53 on 53. That's it. Like, ain't no, ain't no more time for this, you know, soppy, oh, we're going to get them next year. No, nah, it's not even a rivalry anymore. You, you beat somebody four times. Somebody smashes you 16 times in 20 years. It's not a rivalry. You're getting a little boy. That's all it is. And the Bears been getting a little boy for the last 20 years. It's bullshit. Ain't no way fans should even, 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 you know, stand for anybody coming back if the Bears lose this game. The Bears need this game more than the Packers need this game. In your own home for a playoff berth. Nah, bro. Nah, 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 nah. Ain't, ain't none of that. If you, if you want to be taken seriously as a franchise, you get out there and you take it to the Packers from, from, from the, 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 uh, uh, Bell to bell, whistle to, to, to the whistle. Ain't no room for none of that. And I apologize for getting a little bit animated. Nah, no, you, no. yeah. 
this this the black underscore this the Raul. The, see i've memorized his twitter handle which probably isn't good but this the Raul will be that uh that we all know and love man that's the thing but Same no guy. like got his twitter handle but not mine memorized yours is sj steve nine dude yours is sj steve i finally memorized yours okay my bad sam but no what it what it is is this right is this just like so you know you should have never lost six straight to begin with because then this would have been like this is essentially what it is it's like a prove it game for the bears franchise because if you win this game you're in the playoffs and you're heading to new orleans or seattle or i think there's even a scenario where green bay drops down to the two seed you're playing the packers in back-to-back weeks something like that um what happens is this though right is if you win this game you're in the playoffs and boom if you lose this game what happens is you're starting all over and like for this franchise they've reset so many times over the last couple years like if you fire pace and naggy that would be what your fifth gm in a decade is what it would be your fifth yeah i think your third your third or fourth you know fifth head coach in a decade all right and you're like fifth head you know you're like third or fourth GM. So it's just like, you got to come out and you got to win this game and you can't be concerned. It's like Raul said, we can't rely on other teams to get us to the playoffs because we did that last year and we didn't take care of our own business. And we lost in week 15 to green Bay at Lambeau field. Right. And this is how it goes. It's just like, I think this is the, this is the biggest game of Mitch Trubisky's career, in my opinion, because all the fans are like, oh yeah, go ahead and re-sign him and re-sign him. And we talked about that before Raul got on, but like, if you're Mitch in this game, like you could go toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. You're really kind of like, whatever your future is, this is your last chance to prove like, I, I belong in this league. Otherwise you could go play in like the XFL or something. And as uh, as Luke Barry said a couple weeks ago, play with some damn pride, Mitch. You want to play and get that contract that you think you earn, and you want to prove to Bears fans that you can be the guy again. Play with some damn pride, yeah. and beat the Packers. Facts, facts. Like ain't no like all this, all this. You know, oh, we were close. Uh, next year we're gonna be better. Man, get the hell out of here, bro. I've been a Bear fan since 1992. Ain't no being no close. Ain't no next year because nothing is guaranteed next year. Go exactly. out there, beat that team right now. Like there is no, oh yeah, we we're getting in uh, to, to the playoffs. We're gonna go through the back door. No, nah, it's either you real or you not. It's either you 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 a real franchise, you a real team, or you not. Like we have an inflated uh, roster and cats is like pissing down their their their, their leg at goddamn uh, uh, Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Nah, bro. Nah, like it's no time for that. If 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 Muggs don't win this game. Don't you know? Don't don't expect anybody to come back. You shouldn't want anybody coming back. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is this like because I look at like a lot of the older Bears teams, right? Like when Erlacher and Briggs were here and Tillman were here, and these guys used to look forward to those games, and these guys made those games like you know worth like watching every single week, regardless. Of, bro, I think the Bears with Erlacher here got blown out like one or two times in like a decade against Green Bay. And one of those was like a 2009 loss where they lost like 37 to three at Lambeau field. But like these new bears teams, like they simply don't see they, everyone's like, Oh yeah, we understand the significance. Like, I don't even think these guys really understand the significance of this rivalry because you got a whole bunch of like soft people. Like Darnell Mooney said this on the LSL live show a couple weeks ago of like the first thing I learned at Hallis hall was, Oh, we don't like the guys up North or we don't like the guys in yellow, but like you look at it and it's just like, y'all are saying that. But then when it comes game time and it comes time to like actually put results up, you guys don't do so. Like it never happens. And then in sports, there obviously is no hypotheticals because it's just like either you win or you don't. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. I don't even mm-hmm. care about 15. Just beat the Packers. I want to beat the Packers if we were 0-15 or, or, or 15 and 0. Beat the Packers. Because the Bears fan, when you beat the Packers, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world. I don't care what our record is. I don't care if there's playoff implications. Just beat them. I hate Aaron Rodgers. I think he's – I mean, he's a great quarterback, but I think he stinks. Just beat him. And honestly, man, you know, like uh, I think, well, I think we're getting to the podcast end here, and it's just like my my, my dad is a shareholder and a big fan of the Packers, man. Uh, he started his career in Green Bay packaging a really long time ago, I think in nineteen eighties. Um, and like the thing is, man, like I just wanted just like when the Bears, if the Bears win, I just wanted just like just in front of just get, just be like. Fuck yeah! Just go. Oh man, I just want to do that so bad, man. Just <laughs> let me let me 20, 
22 games. You said, like, hang on, 22 games. We were 4-18, and 18, man. 4-18 and 18 in 11 years, man. My heart can't take another loss, man. We need a dub. Try, go bro. out there and go fucking win, man. I don't care how much the Bears need to make, all right, and their sponsorship with Verizon and Chase and all that other garbage. I don't care, all right? And if you think this is, like, I don't care, man. This entire franchise just cares about making money, man. Put money to a side, man, and just go fucking win and go to the playoffs, man. If you lose in the playoffs, I won't be as mad. But if you lose this weekend by a disgraceful score, dude, I'm going to be so fucking mad, dude. It's, 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 not even, it's, not, it's not a disgraceful score. I, I don't give a damn if you lose by one or if you lose by 100. Like, it's, it's still disgraceful. to me. I, it's disgraceful. There's no room for it. Like, man, uh, part, part of my French, Aaron Rodgers can suck my dick. I'm, I don't give a damn about the Packers. I don't give a damn about how great exactly. he is. I don't give a damn about none of that right now. Only thing I care about is you going out there clapping pads. The Bears should be out there, like, ripping heads off from, from the whistle to the whistle. None of this soft stuff. If y'all want it, y'all going to go out there and get it. And if you're not going to go out there and get it, nobody needs to come back. Yo, all right, let's get into uh, score predictions here. Sam, we'll start with you. What's your score prediction for this one? I'll be optimistic because, honestly, I, I, I'm I so sick and tired of picking against the Bears, and I, I don't know, man. I, I, I do think we can win this game. It's just, again, it's going to come down to Sunday. Um, give me Bears 33, Packers 30. I think it's going to be a shootout. And, I, and you know what? I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And I could be completely wrong on Sunday. I don't really care. Um, I, I think it's going to be a fun game on Sunday because I legitimately think I think we're going to be able to score on this team early. I think this is going to be a different Bears team than it was six, seven weeks ago. Bro, what you got for us, man? I'm going to be optimistic, man. 31-27 Bears. All right, AJ, go ahead with yours, and then we'll kind of wrap up with mine. Hey, I mean, like four weeks ago, I was saying lose, lose, lose. Um, I'm going to show a little hope here. Give me the Bears 31, Packers 29. All right. I'm going to go with the Bears 27, Green Bay 24 with Super Santos getting the game-winning field goal. All right. And I think what this game is overall just going to come down to is do the Bears really want it more? Do they really want to go into the playoffs on a high note and prove to the rest of the world that, yeah, anything can happen in this league. Like the Jets just beat the Browns and won two games back-to-back, right, against two teams that were in the playoffs a couple weeks ago. But is Khalil Mack and most of all, like, Mitch Trubisky and these guys, are they legitimately going to want it more than the guys wearing uh, green and yellow on the other side? I really think that that's what this game is going to come down to. And then if it doesn't, well, then hopefully I wake up Monday, no, Monday morning while I'm on my break at work at 6 a.m., Hopefully, there's a whole bunch of people getting fired because I absolutely fire like, them the night. Abso- yeah, absolutely. If you lose, like if you lose this four fifteen game, or I think I think it's flex, right? You said three fifteen, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So if you lose, the announcement has got to be at seven thirty that we have relieved Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy of their duties. I don't give a fuck. Like we can't be mediocre anymore. Like this is annoying. Like. What the fuck, man? Like, I'm just... Uh... Yo, we got to win, man. If we don't win, dude, I'm going to be so depressed. I'm going to be yep. so depressed, man. Yeah, and then it's going to be another waiting, like, eight and a half months or something like that. Exactly. Whatever. You're going to have to okay. wait in the draft. Oh. oh, Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm just... Yeah, no, I'd... Oh, go Honestly, ahead. Honestly, I know Bear fans are, are super, like, anxious and nervous. I'm cool as a fan because I've lived through this multiple times. The Bears are not about to give me a hard heart attack, especially not this team. Uh, I lived through this multiple times. I'm fine either way. If the the, the only way I'm not fine is if the Bears uh, uh, lose and they don't fire everybody. But That's either way, thing. I'm fine. Yeah. Either way, if we lose and we fire everybody, I'm go. I'm go with that, that too. But if we win and we advance, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm with that too. But Nah, I, I'm not. I'm not worried the slightest bit. Yeah, and speaking of the uh, NFL draft, right? I know Devontae Smith just won an award, and I know Raul, you're the biggest like Devontae Smith stand there is, right? Uh huh. The, the the boy's dangerous. He is. He's slippery. The boy's dangerous. 
Yeah, and Bama's playing Notre Dame in a couple days here anyway. Um, I just wrote an article on that, so go check that out. But anyways, y'all, we're going to get out of here because I want to go to sleep. Sam's got to be somewhere. Pretty sure AJ's got to be somewhere, and I don't even know where Raul's driving to right now. Uh, where are you driving to, bro? I'm out, I'm out, I'm out handling some business. <laughs> handling some business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Raul, right. we gotta get your Raul, we gotta get your uh, ending tagline. Remember the Hello Lady stuff? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We gotta get the ending tagline. Well, we gotta. Uh, you know yeah. what? We can't. We can't do it because G gotta be on the line. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, G. Uh, yeah. G. has gotta be on. There. Yeah, he gotta be on there. Yeah, he gotta be on there. Yeah, he gotta be on. Next time, sure, next time, sure. we'll, next time, me and G will both be on. Bet. All right, bet. All right, sounds good. And then it's going to be even crazier than it already was. But yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Follow all of us on Twitter at Usaid Coach Show, at SJSteve9, at AJDecide4, at Black underscore 42. Thanks for tuning in. Like I said, follow the pod on Twitter at Barely underscore pod. It's the same Facebook, Instagram handle. We appreciate all you guys that are giving support us the support. And hopefully next time we're on here, we're super angry ranting about whatever well we're gonna rant anyway because it is the bears you know and it took them like 40 something games into the matt Nagy era to figure out a damn offense that actually worked but peace out y'all uh we're gonna get out of here see you guys all right